Um, we are very fortunate today uh, to have one of our own missionaries uh, and share what God is doing. And in case you're new, uh, our church and, and the Assemblies of God, which whose uh, fellowship that we're a part of, missions has always been at the heartbeat. And uh, we've said this a number of times, even throughout the pandemic, I, I strongly believe that the reason we were able to go through that season so healthy financially is because we refused to cut anything in regards to our missions. We, we wanted to put God's mission first, and we wanted to make sure that we support our missionaries. And I know among the board, we had kind of talked about it a little bit with the staff. We were willing to take a pay cut before we asked our missionaries to do so. And, and I believe God honored that because God's mission is not just limited to what happens in Belmont Cragen or in Chicago or in the United States, but it's to go to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And we're very fortunate to be able to partner with individuals like Joyce Catano, who have been willing to give their lives in the service of the gospel to the people who've never heard it and never experienced and never even heard the name of Jesus Christ. So would you give it up for our missionary, Joyce Catano? Thank you. Oh, good morning, Belmont family. It's so wonderful to be back here with you. I, have, I love your church, and this is my last service before I head back to Japan, so I'm really thankful that I get to be with you and share my heart for Japan. Um, yeah, it's been a, a long journey. I've been a missionary about 33 years, and the Illinois district and this church Belmont Assembly has stood by me and supported me and partnered in the ministry. So thank you from Pastor Paniaguas, um, Ira, now Pastor Joey. So I thank you so much, Belmont family. Yeah, so when you think of Japan, what do you think of? Sushi, sakura, cars, yes, maybe some good Japanese cars in your parking lot today. <laughs> cherry blossoms, yes, gorgeous, beautiful cherry blossoms. So we think of many things. Maybe some of you are in the sushi group or some of you are in the ramen group. I don't know. Can you get good ramen around here? You can, okay. But you have to come to Japan for the real deal. I mean, it is like... Awesome. Also, we have anime, manga in Japan. On my table in the foyer, we have some um, manga that we use to share the gospel with Japanese young people and also a book called um, The Gospel According to Nintendo. So check it out on the table. Um, also, maybe you think of sumo wrestlers. I don't know. Um, if, if you think of sumo wrestlers or maybe samurai warriors. Um, also, Mount perfectly shaped Mount Fuji, gorgeous cherry blossoms. So we think of many things when we think of Japan, but I think of people, precious, precious people. And in Japan, we have 127 million people. So that is about a third the population of America. And all those people are crammed into California. So that's a lot of people in a really small area. Good people, gracious people, very kind people. Um, 34 million people in the greater Tokyo megaplex. So this is the greater Tokyo metropolitan area, kind of like Chicagoland. 34 million people, the largest megaplex in the history of mankind. But they are lost without Jesus. They are lost because they do not know his name. Because less than 1% of the people in Japan know Jesus. Less than 1% of the people in Japan know Jesus. How blessed we are here in America where we have wonderful churches like Belmont, 
where we have a choice of Christian radio stations, where we have wonderful training programs and awesome youth camps that the district um, sponsors. But in Japan, we don't have that because less than 1% of the people in Japan know Jesus. As we study the Bible in our Bible studies on campus, we give Bibles to the students. And I remember one girl held up her Bible and she was like, is this a real Bible? I've heard about the Bible before, but I've never seen a, I've never seen a Bible before. And I'm like, yes, this is a real Bible. And what a privilege it is that I get to be the first one to share God's good news from his truth, from his word, the life-transforming power, this word that can transform thousand-whatever youth at youth camp, that same power is available in Japan. But we need more workers. We need prayer warriors. We need givers so that we can see this number increase. We know God is not satisfied with less than 1%. They're worshiping gods that cannot hear and cannot answer. They are worshiping over 8 million gods. How wonderful as we welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit here this morning. The presence of the living God is in this place this morning. Hallelujah. And you and I have experienced that transforming power in our lives. So would you pray for Japan that they would also be able to experience his light, his hope, his truth in a real way. So I'm the director of Kai Alpha in Japan. I also teach in the Bible school and serve on the National Youth Department and serve in a local Assembly of God church. But my main focus is campus ministry. And so um, this, this quote says, the great universities control the mind of the world more potently than by other means. If we can change the university, we can change the world. And we believe that is true, not just here in America, where we have wonderful Chi Alphas, but even in Japan, maybe especially in Japan, where they just worship education, and the kids are pressured so much to study, study, study. And so we really believe that um, Chi Alpha is a real key for evangelism in Japan. So in Japan, we have over 1,118 universities and over 3 million university students. So what a harvest field right there among the university students. And if you look at this chart, 51% of the people who are baptized in Japan are between the ages of 20 to 24. 51%. So that shows that the college age bracket is the most open segment of the population to the gospel. So I really believe that this is God's gift to us in Japan these years when they're in university. So I'm the director of Chi Alpha, and I know it looks like an X and an A, but it's actually the Greek capital letters, Chi, which stands for Christ, and Alpha, which stands for ambassador. So I I grew up in the AG from the time I was in my mother's womb, you know, coming to church. And so I was part of what we called the CAs, you know, in the oldie goldie days. Um, But CA stands for... Christ ambassadors, right? And so when the Assemblies of God was trying to start their campus ministry program, they wanted, you know, a cool name. And so fraternities and sororities have Greek names. So they decided using Chi Alpha, you know, Christ ambassadors. But in Japan, we don't have Greek fraternities and sororities. So they, you know, they don't know how to pronounce it. And they're like, Chi Alpha, Chi Alpha, you know. And so my friend in Japan was trying to introduce me to his friend. And so he's like, oh, I want you to meet Joyce Kitano. And she is the national director for Al-Qaeda in Japan. Japan. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. Whoa, not, no, 
no, no, I could get kicked out of Japan, you know, so Kai Alpha, Kai Alpha, please remember this morning, Kai Alpha. So we were able to start our first Bible study in 1997 at the University of Tokyo, which is the number one university in all of Japan, and then at Rikyo University, and we started Bible study at Gakushu University. So today across Japan, we have about 25 universities where we have some kind of Kai Alpha presence. And so we're just so thankful for this church that has partnered with us through the years so that we can see campuses opened and expanded. But does anybody remember how many universities we have in total? 1,118 universities. So we're excited about 25, but that means that there's still over 1,000 universities where students have no place on their campus to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And so we ask that you would pray with us Um, We love being students and hanging out with young people. Our main focus is evangelistic Bible studies on university campuses. So every day we're on universities um, doing Bible studies. We also do gospel choirs because the Japanese love black gospel music and Whoopi Goldberg's uh, movie, Sister Act. Did you see that? That was oldie goldie. Probably some of yeah, the young people don't even know about that movie, but it kicked off this big boom in gospel music. In Japan, and so like what we have gospel workshops, and like three fourths of the people who come to our church are not church people, but they just love to sing gospel music. And so like, um, oh, happy day, do you know happy day? Yeah, so they love that song in Japan. And so, but when they sing it, they think they're singing about, oh, you know, the day I married my cute boyfriend, or the day I got a promotion at work, you know. But when we sing that song, the words are, oh, um, oh, happy day, oh, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away, right? And they're like, oh, what does that mean? And we're like, let me tell you, you know, the happiest day of my life was when I met Jesus, and he alone has the power to transform my life. Um, And we do a lot of English parties because Japanese students love to practice English with native English speakers, Um, and God has blessed us with a student center in the middle of Tokyo where we do a lot of our outreaches, concerts, food events, and so usually every year our biggest event is our Thanksgiving party because in Japan, they don't know what Thanksgiving is. It's It's not... It's not a holiday, and even Christmas is not a holiday. Um, it's a working, regular working day. But they don't know what turkey is, you know, so when we can advertise, come and experience um, American Thanksgiving, we can get a lot of first-time visitors to come. And so um, this is our turkey paparazzi. They're so excited about seeing their first turkey. <laughs> and um, tasting their first turkey. Um, So we try different ways to uh, meet students and encourage them to come. But the spiritual warfare is real. The darkness is real. So we do a lot of prayer walking and intercession. So I know this is a praying church, and so we ask that Belmont would stand with us and pray, and pray for Japan and not forget to pray for breakthrough in this nation. It's been a hard, tough soil, but I'm so thankful that we're finally seeing students getting saved and getting baptized in water and getting um, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and now we have several that have become Assemblies of God pastors. So would you pray for our students that God would use them to impact their generation and impact Japan? And we believe that this is God's promise for us in Japan, that he is doing a new thing 
and that springs of living water coming up, um, giving life in this dry, parched land. So would you pray? So if it's true that God is not willing that any should perish, and if it's true that less than 1% in Japan know him, what can we do? You say, I'm just one person here in Belmont. What, you know, what can I do? Three simple things that each of us can do. Firstly, we can give. And I thank God for the missionary giving and the vision of this church. And just hearing what Pastor Joey said about getting through COVID, I thank God for your priority um, to give to missions. Right now, my big fundraising project is for a new student center. I showed you the picture of this um, student center, but the city is um, widening the road right here on the left. And so they are expanding that road, and so they're taking part of our building. So we have to purchase a new property and renovate it. So would you pray that God would give us the miracle property for miracle cheap price? I love seeing your huge property that God has blessed you with here and your kids' extension and everything. Praise God um, for his provision here in Chicago. So would you stand with us and believe that God's going to give us the right property in Japan? Um, secondly, is God asking of us to go? Maybe some of you, God is calling to Japan. I hope he's calling you, some of you, to Japan. We need help with campus workers. Um, we need help with teams. We need help with English teachers. Um, so if there's uh, anyone who is interested, uh, please talk to me after the service. We really need um, help in Japan. But maybe God is calling you not to Japan, but maybe somewhere here in the city, maybe here somewhere working with the youth, helping with the cleanup of this church. What is God calling you? Where is he calling us to go? Maybe even this afternoon, where is he calling us to go? And lastly, is God asking of us to pray? We need prayer. Um, so many great needs in Japan spiritual needs. Um, less than 1% Christian. The average church in Japan has less than one young person. That's the national average. So I'm so thankful to see so many young people here in this church. Praise God. So would you pray for that miracle in Japan too? We Major, major depression, suicide, horrible suicide. Um, and um, we need prayer for Japan. So I have some prayer cards on the table there on the, in the foyer. Would you take one before you go home this morning? Uh, what was my name? Joyce. Joyce. So if you can pray for J. Joyce and pray for J. Japan. And if you can um, put this on your refrigerator or put it in your Bible, whichever one you open the most. Yes. And if you can remember to pray for Jay and Jay, Joyce in Japan. Also on the table, I have some bookmarks that my church made, uh, handmade in Japan, um, for you to help you to remember to pray for Japan. So they're also on the table. So if you, you can each take one. So thank you so much for praying. Um, I'm almost out of time, but just in the remaining moments, I'd love to, I want to just share a brief uh, message from the word. Um, I grew up in Hawaii and my, my, my great-grandfather came from Japan to Hawaii, and um, there was a favorite beach that I had that was a black sand beach on the Big Island. And, um, but in Hawaii, on the Big Island, we still have lava that's coming out, and, and it you know, sometimes goes over homes and destroys you know, streets and property. And so one of the eruptions covered the, my favorite beach. And so the road just stops, and there's just this huge you have to climb up on top of the lava. And as far as you can see, to, it's, it's just like this hard, shiny, black lava. And so the beach now, the ocean is now like a mile away because of this lava flow. 
And so as I climbed up on there, you know, I was like, wow, you know, this really changed. And, you know, I missed the beach, you know, that I used to go with with my grandpa and grandma. Um, but as I looked at that hard soil, I just started crying. And I just said, God, this is, this is like Japan, you know. The enemy has stolen, made it hard and impossible for us to see any growth in this nation. I was like, God, you know, when, is, when are we going to see breakthrough? When are we going to see revival in Japan? And as I looked around on this hard, shiny, black lava, suddenly I looked down. Oh, yeah. Suddenly I looked down and I could see these little, little ferns, like little sprouts coming out of the ground. And as I looked around more, I could see bigger ones. And I was like, oh, wow, even in this hard, hard soil, there's life. God brings life. Hallelujah. And when I, and when I thought about it, you know, all of Hawaii is, is lava. It came from um, volcanoes, and, and it, you know, exploded in the middle of the ocean. And so that's what the Hawaiian islands all are, is made out of lava. But a lot of Hawaii is like jungle now. And so I was like, God, <laughs> give us faith to believe in the supernatural that in Japan too, we're going to see spiritual jungle, spiritual rainforest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So sometimes in our lives, we feel like we're in the midst of a, a dried, hard place. Maybe sometimes we face physical challenges, relationship problems, financial difficulties, and we're like, God, it's impossible. But today, I want to just share really briefly about living supernaturally. We want to believe for the supernatural, even though our physical eyes see a certain situation. But let's focus our eyes on the supernatural and the God who brings the supernatural into our situations. Hallelujah. So this morning, um, let's read from Galatians. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. Since I have it on the PowerPoint, can we just read this together? Okay, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. One more time. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Hallelujah. So many times as we are going through our seasons, you know, we're like trying to run ahead of God and saying, you know, this is the shortcut, this is the way, you know, and we're like, this is the better way, but, you know, we want to keep step by step in, with God the Holy Spirit, right? Amen. Sometimes we're like dragging our feet and, and we feel like, no, no, God, I don't want to go there. No, no, you know, don't call me to Japan, you know. But God is saying, keep step by step in, uh, in tune with the Holy Spirit. And so today, just really quickly, um, a few points. I'm going to skip this. Firstly, we want to think supernaturally. We need to think in the supernatural. So many times we get our eyes just focused on our situation, on our, on our lives, on, our, on the impossible situations. But God wants us to be thinking supernaturally. The world is telling us, think positive, think positive, you know, but we need to be thinking supernaturally, not just positively, but we need to be thinking in the supernatural. Hallelujah. 
This past seven-year term that I've been in Japan has probably been the hardest term. As many of you know, I faced a big battle with cancer, and actually two cancers. And the doctor told me that I had uh, a tumor, uterine cancer, and um, when I, she did more scans, she found out that I also had breast cancer. And I was like, what? I was just in shock because I had been confident I would never get cancer because nobody in either side of my family had ever had cancer. And I just was blindsided. And um, I said, did it spread from one cancer to the other cancer? And she said, no. It's just by chance that you happen to have these two cancers at the same time. But, you know, I just really felt God's peace. As I walked out of that doctor's office, my whole life suddenly changed. And it was like going from light to dark. You know, my whole future, I didn't know what was going to happen. And I asked the doctor, how do you say this in English? Because she was saying everything in Japanese. And she said, endometrial carcinoma. And so as soon as I got at the doctor's office, I started Googling, right? And, and then numbers and percentages and stuff started coming out, you know? But I just felt God's supernatural peace covering my mind, covering my emotions, and I just really felt like if this is my time to go and God is calling me home, I win. I win, you know. But if this isn't my time and God still has a ministry for me here on this earth, I win, you know. So I just really felt that God is greater than cancer and God is greater than two cancers. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, but the pathology reports didn't come back. It was too good after I had two operations to remove, remove both tumors. Um, so the doctor said, you have to have chemo for six months. And I was like, that's when, to be honest, the fear really began to set in. And I was like, no, no, Jesus, I don't want to do the chemo. But Jesus came into my room that day. And I, even though I felt like I was on, on this huge roller coaster, and as I was going to start chemo, I didn't know how far I was going to fall and how many twists and turns and if I was going to crash. But I'm just so thankful that Jesus came into my room and he said, Joyce, don't be afraid. I'm on this roller coaster with you. I'm riding this roller coaster with you. Hallelujah. And so we have to change our thinking to be thinking supernaturally. Even though it was a hard, hard time, I'm just so thankful. I'm just so thankful that, oops, I wonder what happened. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Did I push something? Can you go forward? Yeah, so even though it was the hardest time, I lost all my hair, my eyebrows, my eyelashes, even my nose hairs, um, and I had to go through 16 radiation treatments, but I'm just so thankful that on some of the hardest days when I was just throwing up in bed and in pain and all by myself in my apartment, my friend posted this picture on Facebook, and I just felt Jesus' gentle eyes and his strong arms pulling me up out of the swirling waters and putting my feet on his promises, not on my emotions, not on my what I could see with my physical eyes, but his promises, which are in the supernatural realm. So I thank God um, that he helped me to come out. And so as we think sometimes in, we're locked in a prison or we're locked in the darkness, but God wants us to be thinking supernaturally. Maybe you're taken off on an airplane and you're locked beneath the clouds and it's raining and stormy, but as you break through the clouds, suddenly you've, you're squinting because it's so bright, Right? And we're like, oh, wow, I forgot the sun has been shining up here the whole time, right? And so we need to keep our eyes focused on Jesus, not on our circumstances, not on our sickness, not on our relationship problems, but on Jesus. He is our light. 
He's been shining up there the whole time. And so we want to be thinking in the supernatural. Secondly, we need to be praying in the supernatural. And we thank God that even that we have confidence that when we ask according to his will, what? He hears us. Hallelujah. And in, when we don't know how to pray, what? It says that the Spirit himself the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans at words that cannot express. Wow, the Spirit himself interceding for us. And so as we want to pray in the supernatural, that's where we're going to see God's miracles and God's hand moving. Hallelujah. Thirdly, we need to plan supernaturally. As we prepare for the future, as we plan for our children's lives, as we plan for the outreaches of this church. We need to be thinking in the supernatural. Many times in Japan, things get smaller and smaller, and we don't have enough money. We don't have manpower. You know, maybe that worked for you in America, but that it's not going to work here in Japan, you know. But we need to be thinking outside of the box. We need to be thinking his thoughts. We need to plan with his ideas. And so, just as this verse says, as the heavens are higher than the earth. So my ways are higher than your ways. Hallelujah. So we need to be not relying just on our logic, not just what, what we see with our physical eyes, but we need to be planning supernaturally. This is what our, our life looked like before COVID. Um, I know all of us have been hit, um, but we were you know, serving food, doing a lot of outreach events, but then suddenly this thing called COVID just you know, shut everything down. All the universities were shut. We couldn't meet students on campuses and everything went on Zoom. And so as we were like, God, what's, what are we going to do? We can't meet new students. You know, how are we going to do this? And so even though Zoom isn't the best, but I'm just so thankful that God brought us through an intense time of discipleship and student um, training, unlike anything I've seen in my whole 33 years of ministry in Japan, because students were suddenly locked at home, and students that were, had not been willing to commit, you know, to discipleship, suddenly they were craving um, contact and friendship, so suddenly, you know, we had this amazing season of discipleship, and so, you know, sometimes we think, God, you know, what are you doing, and we think everything is shut down, but let's be planning in the supernatural. Fourthly, let us partner supernaturally. We need to partner in the supernatural. You and I are weak. We have made mistakes. We have sinned. We have failed. But God is the God of the supernatural. Hallelujah. I grew up Japanese-American, and in Hawaii, there was a wonderful mix of cultures, and it was just a wonderful blend. And everybody was like me. You know, they had an English first name and a Japanese last name or a Portuguese last name or a Filipino last name. But suddenly, I got, had to move when I was nine. And so um, we left Hawaii, and so suddenly I was thrown into this all-white school, and I was the only Asian in my whole class of white kids. And so there was a lot of prejudice, and I would come home from school crying and telling my dad, Daddy, why didn't you give me blonde hair and blue eyes, you know? And my, my dad was like, but God made you special. God made you unique. And I'm like, but I don't want to be unique. I want to be like everybody else, you know? And I would tell my friends at school, I'm not Japanese. I'm 100% American. I'm just like you, you know, and I don't speak Japanese. And so I refused to learn Japanese. And so now I'm paying big time for my stubbornness and my sin because I'm trying to learn Japanese from scratch. Um, but... I'm just so thankful that, you know, even though I compared myself to other people and said, God, how can you use somebody like me? You know, I'm not beautiful like that person. I can't sing like that person. I'm not smart like that person. 
But Jesus said, Joyce, don't look at how small you are. What's important is how big I am in you. That's what's important. Yeah, so this is a picture of Mrs. Yotsumoto um, standing next to me. Um, th- she got a tract at the University of Tokyo Gate and started coming to church. And within a few months, she gave her heart to Jesus. And this is her water baptismal day. And I love this picture because I feel really tall. Because <laughs> I come back to America and I feel like I shrunk. <laughs> talking to all these tall Americans, right? Um, and this is uh, Michael Jordan's actual hand span and his actual height compared to me. And this is Michael Jordan's actual hand size on the ball um, compared to my hand. Um, so this is just joking. But in reality, I compared myself always, and I felt inferior, and I felt like I couldn't do it. But Jesus is saying, don't look at how small you are. What's important is how big I am in you. And maybe sometimes we feel like this baby sumo overwhelmed by the obstacles and by the problems that are facing us, and it seems impossible. But he is the God of the supernatural. So let us partner with him. And it doesn't matter how small we are. What's important is how big he is in us. Hallelujah. I'm going to skip this. Um, So the last point is how... um, We need to be loving supernaturally. We need to be loving supernaturally. And maybe this is the hardest. You know, we we think we need to think supernaturally, pray supernaturally, plan supernaturally, partner supernaturally, and we need to be loving supernaturally. And you know, sometimes it's hard to love, sometimes it's hard to forgive, and maybe sometimes even those that are closest to us, it's hard to really love. But God is the God of the supernatural. And one we can truly love and truly forgive. That's when the miracles start happening. We had a lady in our church, in in, um, a Japanese church, and she um, found out that she was in a very prestigious family. Her husband was the head of this big securities company for several nations. She was very wealthy. Um, But she found out her husband was having affairs, and not just one, but affair after affair. And so she hated her husband, and she hated even to touch his clothes, and she would just like use tongs to throw his underwear in the the, um, washing machine because she hated him so much. But her friend invited her to church. And as she found the love of Jesus flowing through her, for the first time she was able to forgive, begin forgiving her husband. And that's impossible in our human strength. But praise God for the supernatural love. And um, her husband was like, you know, what happened to my wife? She got weird, you know? And then, but suddenly their only son was killed in a motorcycle accident when he was just graduating from university. And that just devastated the family. And the husband thought, this is going to kill my wife. But, I mean, it was devastating. But because she had Jesus, she was able to keep going and keeping her eyes on the supernatural. And so her husband was like, wow, this is real. (laughs) And so within a few years, he gave his heart to Jesus. And he got baptized, and he took early retirement, and he became a pastor. He went to Bible school, and he became a pastor. And so this happened because she was able to start loving in the supernatural. So this is a quote by Martin Luther King. He says, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. 
Only love can do that. And so as God is calling us to love supernaturally, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And as we think about thinking supernaturally, praying supernaturally, planning supernaturally, partnering supernaturally, loving supernaturally, God wants to bring transformation in our lives, in our church, and use us to impact our families, impact Chicago, impact this nation, and impact the world from here in Belmont. And so let's be working and thinking in the supernatural. As I close this morning, I just love Superman, uh, Spider-Man because he, was, he didn't start off you know, as a superhero. He was just this dorky kid, right, with the hair sticking up and trying to get the cute girl to notice him. But suddenly he was bitten by a radioactive spider, right? And what happens? Suddenly he has these supernatural powers available to him, right? So he starts saving people and rescuing them, putting him in jail. And so, you know, things get really crazy after a while. And then he gets, he gets kind of burned out, right? And tired. He can't see his girlfriend. He can't do what he wants to do. And so he lets this one criminal go who kills his uncle. And so suddenly... As he is dealing with all of this, he says, for me, living an ordinary life is not an option anymore. And when I heard this, I said, that's me, Jesus. You know, I, I'm weak. But when we walk in the supernatural, when you and I have received this supernatural power, and it's not just out there in some outer space, but it's in us, in us. The power to overcome sin is broken, that power is in us. The power to overcome death, that power is in us, hallelujah. And so you and I no longer have the option to live an ordinary life anymore. What is God calling us today to? Can we just say this as we close this morning? For me, Living an ordinary life is not an option anymore. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this amazing church, for each one of the saints that is gathered here and also online. I thank you, Lord, that you are working and moving in our hearts and our lives. And I just pray, God, that you would help us, Lord, to walk step by step in tune with your Holy Spirit and that you would use us, Lord. Help us to think supernaturally, to pray supernaturally, to plan supernaturally, to partner supernaturally, and to love supernaturally, Lord. Would you use us? Use us, Lord. Fill us to overflowing with your Holy Spirit. We need more of you. We need more of you, Lord. We are dry and thirsty this morning. And so we ask God for a fresh and filling of your Holy Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Will you fill us, Lord, so that we can walk in the supernatural this morning. Hallelujah. Can we just lift our voices and call out to him this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. You know, my wife and I have always had a great affinity for the Japanese culture and the people of Japan. Uh, Joyce is a, a personal hero to my wife, and she likes to follow her and, and mark down all her things. I mean, to me too, but I like to give sisterly her stuff. And as much as we embrace Japanese culture, I love what Joyce mentioned. There's people behind all that. And you know, oftentimes when we think of missions, I think, unfortunately, we think of 
third world countries. We think of, you know, the videos with Sarah McLaughlin in the background. And we almost treat missions like a charitable organization. And although God might use those opportunities to serve and to equip and to bless and to be charitable, the truth is everybody needs Jesus. And so sometimes we look at a first world country like Japan and the wealth that they have and the technology that they have and the fun that they have, and we just, we forget about them because we assume their life is okay, but if their life was okay, you wouldn't see 20,000 suicides a year and you wouldn't see the hopelessness that is walking through those streets and you wouldn't see the various things that Joyce has seen in her 33 years there. And so church, I, I hope you hear my heart when I say, Uh, we are called to so much more than just here. And if we can partner with our missionaries, and just to be transparent, um, financially, we're not giving enough to cover all of our missionaries, but we still give to cover all of our missionaries, if that makes sense. The church has committed, whether the funds come in or not, they're going to get their money. They're going to get what they need to do the work that God has called them to do so that they can stay in that country as long as they can to do everything that God has called them to do. And Joyce had mentioned it's her last Sunday here. She would have been gone a long time ago if the country was open. And so every time we would run into each other, there was this joy of seeing her, but then the sadness of knowing she doesn't want to be here. She wants to be in Japan doing what God called her to do. And so I'm going to ask our ushers to get ready. We're going to receive just an offering specifically for Joyce uh, to, again, uh, I think it's, it's fitting to bless her on the way out. She mentioned earlier when she came to itinerary in this season, we were the first church she came and spoke at and we're the last church she's speaking at. So I thought, what better way than to start and end with the best church in our country, right? And so we're so grateful Uh, Joyce, again, just from the bottom of our heart, we are so grateful for the life and ministry that you've led and the willingness you've had to commit yourself wholly to the purpose of Jesus Christ. It is not in vain. It is truly an inspiration to many of us. And uh, I know some of our young adults look forward to seeing you hopefully one day in Japan. And so we're working on something like that. We'll see how that comes again. Uh, She might go a long time. So church, would you pray with me as you get ready to receive our offering? If you'd like to give online, you can give online as well, just on the margin put Joyce Catano uh, or missions. And um, again, at the end, after we're done praying, Joyce, if you would maybe with Cicely go towards the back, she'll be in her booth, uh, which she already promised me the gospel accorder to Nintendo. So back off anybody else who's trying to take that. Um, But let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm sorry for those moments where we can be so self-absorbed, where we can get so caught up in our own situations in this country that we forget about your greater purpose. God, forgive us for those seasons where we just can be selfish, God, and forgetful. And Lord, we're not here being guilt-tripped and, and, and nothing like that, Lord. Quite the contrary, Father. I believe your spirit is moving us to remind us that the Great Commission includes every human being on this planet. Lord, your word reminds us that your desire is that none would perish, but all come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, we thank you for Joyce and her ministry, God. We thank you for the 33 years she spent on that, Lord, as you've shown us a lot can happen in 33 years, God. But, Lord, we just pray 
Give her traveling mercies as she returns home. We pray that there be no issues with customs or her visas. God, we pray that every door would be open. God, as a matter of fact, Lord, we pray that more doors would be open than in any of the 33 years beforehand. God, Lord, give us Japan. God, give us more of the universities. Give us more of the young adults. Lord, let these generations transform for generations to come, almighty King. And Lord, I just pray for us as a church, God. Lord, that missions would always be at the heartbeat of who we are, Lord. That we would always be reminded to be generous because you are a generous God and to love people as you have loved us. Lord, your greatest commandment is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and each other. And so, Lord, I pray, help us to love our brothers and sisters in Japan and all across the world who have yet to know you. We thank you for this all, and we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. While they're uh, taking that offering, I just uh, want to remind you um, part of why we did this is because we didn't, we weren't able to have a missions convention in the spring.、Uh, we had the transitions going on, and we had a lot of other things that were on that calendar with Easter, and it just kind of wedged its way into that season. But、um, my heart in ministry as a pastor here is to make missions and continue to make missions. Uh, a big priority for us because I believe when you think outside yourself, it really helps us to understand what our mission is in Christ.、Uh, being, you know, part of why we did this with our teenagers so long about trying to help them raise money for missions and trying to get them to encourage. As a matter of fact, this past week at camp, they raised in one offering $37,000 for missions. And then, God, hey man, you can clap for that. That's awesome. And so we are purposely making sure that the next generation understands that. And again, you know, there's something powerful about saying, hey,、uh, I'm going to forego that gym membership because honestly, I haven't been there in two years and I forgot they're still charging my card every month. And that 20 bucks a month that could have gone to the gym membership you don't use, I'm going to give it towards missions. Or maybe I'm going to forego a couple of lattes a week and I'm going to give that towards missions. We're not asking you to give half your paycheck. We're asking you to be consistent in giving. And I'll tell you this from, from my personal experience, especially me and my wife, we don't just say we love missions, we love to support missions. And we have given more every year than the year before. And every year, God has blessed us more. And the Bible tells us that God is generous so that we could be generous. And so I just want to encourage you.、Uh, I want to see us continue to do that. And I want to see us continue to raise up missionaries and send out missionaries like Melissa, like some that might be called this week at camp to the mission field. How great it would be not only to support missions, but to su- continue to support our very own young people. Or, now, you might be in retirement and God has called you to missions. If there's air in your lungs, there is still purpose in your life. And so we want to encourage you to be on mission with everything that God has called us to do. Amen.